Good morning and welcome to The Day at First Presbyterian Church. My name is Pastor Danny Deeth, and I want to welcome you to this Easter celebration. Last week, we walked with Jesus on the back of the donkey as he went into Jerusalem for the last time. In the past week, he has taught. He has joined with the disciples on Monday, Thursday for the Last Supper. He washed feet. He was betrayed and arrested. Then we were with him on Good Friday as he was crucified, dead, and buried. But today, friends, everything changes. Today is Easter. Today is resurrection. So let us celebrate together. Come on in. Our first reading from Scripture comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 65, verses 17 through 25. Listen now for the Word of God. For I am about to create new heavens and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered or come to mind, but be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creating. For I am about to create Jerusalem as a joy and its people as a delight I will rejoice in Jerusalem and delight in my people. No more shall the sound of weeping be heard in it or the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant that lives but a few days or an old person who does not live out a lifetime. For one who dies at a hundred years will be considered a youth and one who falls short of a hundred will be considered accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be. And my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity. For they shall be offspring blessed by the Lord and their descendants as well. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox, but the serpent, its food shall be dust. They shall not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountains, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our resurrection account today is from Matthew's gospel. It is Matthew 28, 1 through 11, 28, 1 through 11. You know the general story. You know the general words. So I invite you to silence in your heart and mind any voice but God's and to listen, to see with in your mind the images, to place yourself there at this tomb. And let's all listen with fresh ears. Matthew 28, 1 through 11. Listen for the word of the Lord. After the Sabbath, 
as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. I know that you were looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for he has been raised as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. Tell them that he has been raised from the dead and indeed he is going on ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came to him, took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. While they were going, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests everything that had happened. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Do not be afraid. Good morning. Everybody wait. Everybody with me? When I said that to you just now, might have been a bit of a surprise. Did it help when I said, do not be afraid? It kind of maybe made you a little bit afraid. Think about the times in your life when people not tell you not to be afraid. Often, it's because something scary is getting ready to happen. If you are flying, cruising at 40,000 feet and your pilot comes on and says, good morning, this is your captain speaking. I just wanna remind you, do not be afraid. We may be experiencing some turbulence, and everybody's flying all around. You come into any group of people. Let's say you have a recital. Maybe you're a musician. Maybe you're showing off a work of art in front of professionals and those who have all of the knowledge and power, and you have to go in and do your little thing. Maybe the first thing one of them might say to help calm you down is, do not be afraid. Why? Because you're afraid. And heaven forbid, your doctor starts the conversation. Do not be afraid at what I'm getting ready to tell you. 
Whatever he's going or she are going to tell you is something to be fearful of. Do not be afraid is something that intervenes in a time of fear. In this story, it is crucial that we understand why these words are spoken and in what context. So let's take a look at the biblical story I just read through. Again, this is Matthew's account, the first of the four gospels. One of Matthew's audience is the Jewish community there. Remember, as the first book of the New Testament, Matthew is a bridge to the Old Testament, the first one to proclaim Christ after the Hebrew Bible, as our Jewish friends say in our Old Testament, the first one to start to tell the stories of Christ. And one of Matthew's focuses is to link Jesus as the Messiah that was prophesied in the Hebrew Bible that all of the prophets in that time said would come to liken Jesus as the new Moses, again, bringing fulfillment to those Hebrew Bible prophecies and scriptures. So here, Matthew lets us know there are two women at the tomb and remember their state of mind. Just as we have walked through Holy Week, last week we celebrated with palms. Jesus coming into Jerusalem, shouts of Hosanna. Praise God, save us. Jesus not saying a word. Throughout the week he taught Thursday, we observed the Last Supper when he gathered with them for the last time and instituted the Last Supper as a sacrament. Every time you break this bread, do it in remembrance of me. Every time you drink this cup, do so in remembrance of me. In John's Gospel, Christ washed feet and said, as I have done to you, go and do so to the world. After that night, then they go to the garden. Jesus is alone. Everybody else falls asleep. They come, they arrest him. And so begins his beatings, his false accusations, dealing with false trials. Pilate, Herod, Pilate, till finally, Pilate really has no option because there will be an uprising against this, against his Roman structure if they do not let them have this supposed king of the Jews. So they give him over. Friday, we observe how he went to the cross, how they beat him, they stripped him, they mocked him. And then... In horrible fashion, they nailed him to the cross. He died. They took his body down. Joseph of Arimathea took and put it in his tomb. And that's where they left it. As we are talking about the master's tournament today, 
This tournament bracket started in the garden with Adam and Eve. Starting up here, the devil, the powers of darkness, of brokenness, of sin, advance all along the way throughout the history of humankind. At the same time that God as creator, redeemer, and sustainer starts at this bottom bracket, winning each of their contests, getting closer and closer to the next bracket, to the next bracket, till finally Holy Week brings in the battle between good and darkness. There are two more. This is the championship, and Friday night, the devil wins. Friday night, Jesus is killed. This supposed Messiah is dead, thereby proving that he, in fact, was not the Messiah to his disciples, to those who knew what a Messiah should be, and it's not dead. So after Friday night, the championship is over. The devil is cutting down the nets from the hoops. The devil and the demons and darkness and brokenness are all in the locker room after the game. They are spraying champagne bottles. They are smoking cigars. HNN, that is Hell News Network, come to interview the devil. And the devil says, God, it was just so surreal. We overcame so much adversity in this struggle and this fight. Look for those two words in everyone interviewed for anything. Surreal and overcoming adversity. Part of the cliche handbook. So the devil does that. They go back to hell where there's a parade. All of hell comes out. They've got the big trophy. And they are celebrating. That's the state of mind where the disciples are and these two Marys. Everything that Jesus had taught was a lie and wrong. All that the disciples gave their lives for is wrong. Jesus, in fact, is not the Messiah. We gave our lives for these three years. We walked with him. He is not. Everything he told us is wrong. There is great grief and brokenness and loss at all of this for a variety of reasons. Into this come the two Marys. It's Mary Magdalene in Matthew's account and another Mary, probably not Jesus' mother because they would have said that. Mary's all over the place in that time. But Mary Magdalene and another Mary, and they go toward the tomb. And when they get there, suddenly, there was an earthquake. Anybody ever been in an earthquake? I've been in a couple. My last two years of high school was outside of San Francisco, California. I was in two small ones. And it's scary because you don't know what's happening. I was literally in bed and my bed was shaking like the exorcist or something. I was like, what is happening? And, oh, California. It's an earthquake. But this was big and this was profound. And the earthquake came as the angel broke into this world. It is directly tied to the angel. And this angel, big and bad 
and powerful and strong and mighty and supernatural and different and overwhelming says what? Do not be afraid. Why? Because they're terrified as they should be. They say it wasn't just an earthquake that came and there the angel was. His appearance was like lightning. (laughs) Clothing white as snow. So profound and overwhelming was he or she or it, not sure what gender's angels are, that the guards that were there guarding the tomb fell away in fear. Like one of those goats that you see, those fainting goats, you scare it, bah, and they, eh, it tense up and they fall over. It's exactly what happens here. They cannot process in their little human minds what is happening, and they fall over. They probably didn't make that sound. So this big and bad angel rolls the stone away that it takes several people to close and then sits on it as if to drop the mic. Boom. I've done this. The power of God has done this. I am here. I got some things to tell you. Although we ascribe a lot of powers to angels, their main focus and purpose is as messengers of God. They bring word of God, God's word. So again, do not be afraid as they are quaking in their togas. I know that you are looking for Jesus, in case there's any doubt of which Jesus, who was crucified. He's not here for he has been raised as he said. Just almost as he's taunting them, he told you, he told you what was gonna happen, you didn't believe it. Raised as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. So the angel doesn't come to open the tomb to let Jesus out. Jesus was not in the tomb. He had already been resurrected. He is opening the tomb to show them that Christ is not there, that it was closed before this angel got there. His burial clothes are there. So they saw. And then go quickly and tell his disciples, the angel tells them. He tell them that he has been raised from the dead and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee, Jesus' hometown around the Sea of Galilee. Remember where his ministry started and all those little fishing villages? And there you will see him. And to conclude his time in good professional messenger fashion, he said, this is my message for you. Wraps it up. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Here, no, so they've seen it. They're running back to tell the disciples and boom, who should come before them but Jesus who says, greetings. But a a better translation and many translations say, rejoice. Jesus appears before them and says, rejoice. If Jesus were to appear to you when you are running 
to or for or from anything and says, rejoice. What would the next thing Jesus would need to say to you? Do not be afraid. And that's what he does. And then for the second time, because sometimes when we are frazzled, when we are frightened, we're not processing in our brain as much as we know we should, tells them again what the angel told them, go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, there they will see me. And it's interesting to see Jesus and the angel say, go tell his disciples and still consider they who abandoned him to follow him. And here Jesus uses the word brothers, an intimate term. So Jesus has already forgiven them. Jesus is saying, I still love them. They are still my children. I'm still here for them. This is not the wrathful God who beats them down, who smites them for their turning away from Christ. It is the first taste of grace on that first resurrection day. So that master's tournament that the devil and others were celebrating already, they won the championship and all of a sudden, they didn't. All of a sudden, the angel comes, the women see, the disciples see, and the game is not over. The tournament was going on and they didn't know it. And Christ wins the masters, his own tournament. Christ raises him from the dead as I say every Sunday, overcoming the powers of sin and, because we're a mess when it comes to those things. We don't, we can't do that on our own. To ensure that at the end of this life, we are taken home to where God wants us to be. But it's not just that afterlife, it is the now. Jesus didn't say to his disciples, now the resurrection, you've got immortality waiting for you at the end of your life. So we got that going for me, which is nice. But Jesus says, no, you've got work to do. You've got a response to what just happened in this life. And it's to share that love that you have seen and experienced and you know and you cannot deny what just happened here, go and tell the world. They would not have gone if this was a hoax. If they got together and said, hey, let's make up this resurrection thing. Maybe there was a prophet and he killed him. Let's pretend like he rose from the dead and we'll go out and tell people that because at that time there was no established church. Rome was still looking for them to kill them. The temple authorities were still looking to stamp out this Jesus movement and sect. There was no money to be made. There was no power to be had. There was nothing to be gained other than the truth. They were putting their lives and their families' lives at risk for a hoax? I do not think so. So they went. 
despite the odds, despite what would come at them, to share and to tell others that Christ had been raised. And we are called to do the same. The focus passage I want to focus on is verse 8. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy. Fear and great joy. This whole passage moves quickly. Suddenly, quickly, go, come and see, go, suddenly, quickly. It is filled with energy. It is filled with immediacy and urgency. And they respond to this angel and the empty tomb and Jesus with fear and great joy. Fear and great joy, not great fear and a little bit of joy. It's not even fear and joy, it is fear and great joy. That world was difficult to live in. We think things are hard now. The biblical world was a mess. And we know more so looking back because of all of the advancements that we have that they did not have. But from that time, there was great fear for a variety of reasons. Just as in today, we know that there is great fear in our hearts, in our families, in our lives, in our communities, and in the world. I don't need to name them, you know them. Just think of any current event that is happening, the mess of politics, war, crime, health, wealth, equality, oppression, bringing others to Christ, through Christ. We too live in great fear. How did they make it? How did humanity get from there to here? It's because of this resurrection day. It is because Christ came as one of us, human, flesh and blood, and said, God said, I'm gonna love you, I love you so much that from this day forward, the spirit of the risen Christ will be with you that is the Holy Spirit in this place, in your heart, whether you know that or feel that or not, that spirit is within you. All the way from day one of creation, when the spirit came over the waters, it still comes into times of chaos and brings out order. We experience great fear in our lives, but we do not do this alone nor when we follow are we ignorant enough to think that God will take away all bad things in our world. We know that's not the case too. But we know that we don't face them alone. We know that God and the Spirit are with us and continue to lead us forward. That is fear. Of course we live in fear. There are lots of things to be scared of. And God says to all of us through the risen Christ and the presence of the Holy Spirit, do not be afraid. And then great joy. 
Joy is that, for me, a faithful word. It is not a secular word. Joy means more than happy. Joy means the presence of God and Christ and the Holy Spirit are in your life. And that's why we celebrate. Because Christ was raised from the dead today, we have joy. Because Christ was raised from the dead today, we know hope, joy, peace, love, and the grace of Jesus Christ for you, for the world, for everybody. All on this planet are God's children because God created all of creation and humanity as a part of that. And so our job is to go from here just like the women. After being in Christ's presence in this celebration of the resurrection and go and make sure that other people know because it is sometimes miserable out there. People are isolated and alone and broken. They think the devil has won. But we know that is not the case. We know that if we are honest and we open ourselves. So today, go forth on this resurrection Sunday and let every day be a reminder of the power of the risen Christ and do not be afraid and go with great joy. Hallelujah. Amen.